Hey Puffs, welcome back to the lounge. And for those of you who are new, welcome to the Puff community. We are your hosts, Dulce and Ellie. And today we're going to be talking about our personal healing journeys. So I think, or no, I don't think, I know this one's going to be a deep one. Definitely. And a very serious one because we are going to explore our journeys with basically our trauma basically but <laughs> nonetheless pretty much important though oh extremely important mm -hmm. and i think especially anything mental health makes you feel so alone in the world because it makes you feel like you're going crazy or why am i feeling this way i'm you know weird crazy but there's millions of people out there dealing with the exact same thing right maybe different factors in different ways but ultimately the same thing. Definitely. I think uh, one thing is that people who pro who went through those healing journeys probably a few years back, it was seen as very much so as like people are just crazy. They just don't know how to handle life what and whatnot. But I don't think that was really the case. It was just that people weren't very open to those conversations. Yeah. They just kind of wanted to hide it and just not talk about it. So it was just easier not to deal with all of those hard things that we go through in life and it was just easier to be quiet about it and go through it in silence rather than speak up about it and normalize that everybody goes through these experiences everybody experiences it differently but everybody goes through those kinds of experiences and in some ways they may be, they may be similar and in other ways that they're different you know but they're unique in their own ways right and every time i also think of these journeys and how people heal and do certain things to just better themselves internally i don't know why we always i don't know if you've noticed we always associate those type of things with people being hippies right and weird yeah. like oh you're a weird hippie mm -hmm. you're doing all this meditation mm -hmm. and all this you know like eating better all those type of things and it's just looked at as you're a hippie and you're weird <laughs> yeah Right? right yes oh my gosh definitely it because i mean back then whenever hippies uh when people used the term hippie back then during those times that's they hippies were seen as to like be fighting for peace and that kind of thing and in a sense we are doing that now but in a different way it's not towards the same i guess you can say aspects in our lives because during that time hippies were fighting for peace because there was Uh, because of the war going on and yes there is still war going on but we're not just addressing the wars that are going on now but more so our own internal wars mm -hmm. rather than just external wars right now we want yeah. inner peace not just outer peace right <laughs> right so it's the same thing but different at the same time mm -hmm. it's more inclusive so i think with this conversation <laughs> with this <Excuse> conversation <laughs> I think a good way to start this would be what made you start your own healing journey? So I was actually thinking of this question and I went about it different ways because at first I thought that I didn't actually want to heal and I thought it just came naturally because I have been going to therapy since I was in middle school. I want to say either sixth or seventh grade. I can never pinpoint exactly which one, but either sixth or seventh grade. 
So that means I've been going to it for a good like 15 to 17 years. And so I thought it just kind of came natural and I didn't necessarily want to heal. But because I have been going for so long, it pops up in conversation. So my therapist is so good about subtly getting that trauma out of me and telling me how to deal with it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but that was like my initial thought. I was like, I don't really think I ever wanted to. But the more thought I gave it, the only thing I could think of is just as cliche and dumb as it sounds. I honestly just wanted to become a better person and see the world in a different aspect. And with that said... I basically just wanted to become a child again, like in the aspect of how I saw the world. So when I was in middle school, right before I started therapy, I felt like I was such an outgoing person. I was so optimistic. My mom always tells me that like when you were so little and we were going through so many, you know, difficult, difficult things in our lives. I always felt down. I always worried with good reason because she was a mom and she would always tell me, that what got her through it was that I was always so optimistic and I would tell her well look at it on the bright side you know we may not have this but we have that and I just wanted to go back to that because I feel like when we're kids we're just so happy we're not as stressed I mean obviously because you know we don't have bills like we have now and those are things that are not necessarily in our control but there are so many aspects that are in our control that we can decide not to let that take us to that negative that negative space. And that's really the main reason why I wanted to change. I just didn't want to be not necessarily sad, but just see the world in like a negative, angry way. And I just wanted to be happy. I guess the point where I can pinpoint was whenever I noticed myself always talking to people, but I was always complaining about something. I was always complaining about my job. I was always complaining about my relationship. I was always complaining about how much sleep I don't get. And don't get me wrong, like all those things, yes, were an obstacle in my life. But I was just so tired of hearing myself complain, basically. Like, yes, those things are hard. Yes, I'm going through it. But why do I have to complain to people all the time? And that's all I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to become that negative friend that like you see pop up on your phone and you're like, what is it now? Like, it's always some shit with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to do that, not only for when I spoke to people, but that was my inner dialogue at all times. Like, oh, my God, I'm going through this. Oh, my God, this is so hard. Almost like feeling sorry for myself. Like, why is life so hard? Like, life doesn't owe us anything. It's up to us to change all of that. Because like I said, we go through our struggles. Yes, we have bills. Yes, you may lose your job. Like, so many things can happen. But what you're in charge of is your emotions and how you go about it so you can go about it in like a more positive way and that's what made me want to start healing as far as in general you know what i mean because one thing i am going to touch base a lot on is my childhood trauma with like you know my daddy issues i always joke about it because you know we gotta laugh but yeah like being left by your father has an impact on you who would have thought and one of the things I wanted to heal as far as that one, because I think that's the one that has affected me the most out of anything else that has affected me. I just didn't want to give, you know, my biological father, not the satisfaction, but the power. Yes. I didn't want to give him the power to still ruin my life. 
You know what I mean? Because the way I would always think about it is I'm over here like being miserable because he left me and he's literally living his life like nothing. Of course, that's how we see it. We don't know what's going through his head. We don't know what he's going through. But that's ultimately how it is. You know, when you have so much anger for someone, the only person you're hurting is yourself. And so with that specific one, I just didn't want to give him the power to keep controlling my life. I don't know how it happened, but one day, you know, I just thought about it. And I, how is he gone? But it's like he's here, like, all the time all the time and just deteriorating my life like why allow a person who has no care in the world for you why would you allow them to do that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so that's why i wanted to heal that particular hurt in my life but like i said generally speaking i just wanted to become a better person and not be a whiny little biatch (laughs) (laughs) and just the negative i didn't want to be that one person who who's in everyone's life and you just think oh my gosh that's that draining friend Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah i just didn't want to be the draining friend who took the life out of everything because i felt like that's what i was getting to Mm -hmm. it's like damn i just sound miserable (laughs) like this is sad (laughs) but that's basically for me what would you say was for you uh for me i started well whenever i first started i wasn't doing it with the intention of like starting a healing journey I hadn't, um, I feel like the quote-unquote healing journey kind of became a trend or a popular topic to talk about or just to go through in life around probably like right after the pandemic started, like in 2020 or 2021. And granted, I did start during that similar, around that same time frame, but I hadn't heard about that particular trend yet. And so... I didn't really start it with the intention of starting a healing journey. I did it because I felt like I was just stuck in life. Um, Like um, I wasn't free, basically. And I was tied down to whatever I had created for myself in my life so far. So during that time, I was working a job that I hated. I was working at Chipotle. (laughs) And I had been working there already for like maybe like four years already. And uh, granted, whenever I started that job, I was super excited because it was my first, I guess you could say, legal job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because I started... Concerning? (laughs) What do you mean legal job? Oh, because I did work illegally, meaning I used to get paid under the table for certain jobs. Okay. Um, So so we wasn't dealing drugs. No, we... Uh, no. (laughs) Um... But what I would do is, like, I would, whenever I was, like, in high school, I would, I would like, basically do other people's, like, homework, quizzes, tests, finals, and then they'd pay me for it. Mm, okay. And, honestly, I had the option to do that in college, too. Literally, my very first class that I started taking at Lone Star, uh, someone had actually offered to pay me to do the very first essay that we had to do, which was the very first assignment in the class. The first semester that I started there. And I was very tempted to do it. But I had just done my interview. And I was like, no, I won't have time. Because one, I need to focus on my school stuff. And I'm going to start working. So I didn't do it. But yeah. So I did things like that. Or I used to work under the table at other spots. And I would use someone else's name to sign in. 
and whenever they would get paid they'd basically give me the money that i worked for okay so, so i did so i did jobs like that right so i worked under the table and so this was my first legal job and <laughs> using your own name yes <laughs> using my own name you're funny <laughs> and so whenever i was after being there for like four years i felt like my life was basically going nowhere I had already graduated with my associates, but even with that degree, I could not get a job in the field that I really wanted. And at that time, I was studying for psychology. Yeah, so with that, to like, so you wanted to be a therapist? Yeah, so my goal at that time was I wanted to become a therapist. So I was looking at places that I can get my foot into the door. I was trying to apply at different places that dealt with like mental health. So I was looking for like counseling centers, that kind of thing. And why couldn't you find one? Because they all asked for bachelors? Yeah, most of them to begin with, most positions started off with the with bachelors, with the bachelors and in certain occasions they required a master's. So depending on what position. Got it. So I just felt stuck because I couldn't move forward. I couldn't move forward in terms of my career, which is what I really wanted. And just everything in my life in my head was just not going according to my plan right right so i felt like i was being held back and everything and i was going through a very depressive time also so during that time i remember i actually came to you and it was one day that we were working together we were we had left we clocked out together because we had we were working together that day and whenever we went to the parking lot to get in our cars, I had actually asked you for your therapist's information, Nereida. Mm -hmm. And so that same day, I reached out to her and asked her if we could like set up like an appointment or something to meet. And within that same day, I think she had called me that night and she had scheduled an appointment with me so that we could meet for the first time. And so that i would say that was my first attempt at or like a my first conscious conscious attempt to start my healing journey but in a sense i feel like i started my healing journey years before that because i was trying to learn about how i was feeling and why i was feeling these certain ways whenever i started taking psychology classes i took psycho i started taking psychology in an way to try to understand myself and i started taking psychology classes i think whenever i was a junior in high school okay so you were taking those like pre-credit yeah i was taking those pretty pre-credit courses that you could uh transfer right to, to whatever get, to get college credit while you're right. still in high school yeah yeah so i started taking psychology to understand how i was feeling and i did wasn't doing it with the intention of like healing myself but more so to understand myself and then I didn't start making an, a conscious decision to say, I don't want to feel this way anymore and I need help. So that's whenever I reached out to Nereida. Okay, so I mean, that's a pretty long time from mm -hmm. junior, junior year in high school all the way till what, four years after graduation? Yeah, because I started seeing Nereida, I want to say April or May of 2021. So it was a good like five-year gap right from you know starting to recognize what's going on to actually starting right yeah to get help 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to ask you, um, would you say that your healing journey started whenever you started taking therapy or would you say it happened afterwards? No, I think it happened way afterwards because when I started therapy, like I keep saying, I was in middle school. So when you're that little, at least for me, it wasn't one of those things where, oh my goodness, I'm in this like depressive state. I need therapy, especially back then. Like you said, it was looked at as something that you don't do you just kind of work through right luckily i have the amazing supportive mom that i have and so she basically forced me to go to therapy i want to say she did that because she saw me in my depressive state it was one of those depressive states that i feel like it's so common in teenagers that you're just mad at the world like literally everything ticks you off And you are in your room 24-7. Right. Like, I would not come out of my room and all I would do was be on the computer. Because, you know, back then, being on your phone, like, on the internet and apps wasn't a thing when I was in middle school. And so whenever you were, like, on... That's whenever MySpace was a thing, mm-hmm. YouTube, Tumblr. Oh, yeah, I Tumblr remember Tumblr was my therapy back then. I actually got on Tumblr not that long ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's when I would do all those things. And, like I said, they weren't – you didn't have phones for that, really, back right. then. And so I would be on my computer desktop, and I remember – I was just so like, ugh. I didn't even want to sit at my desk because I had a desk and a chair and my computer on top. It wasn't a laptop. It was like a full-on, you know, monitor and desktop. Back then, they weren't so little and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just one. Dude, I was so shook when I found out, you know, like the big old PC part. Uh Uh-huh. It's now in the monitors for a lot of them. Really? Yeah. Because one time I saw one and I was my mom's and I was like, where's the rest of the computer? She's like, this is it. It's just the monitor. Like everything is in the monitor. Sorry, before I go on that rant. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so before it was like the big PC part yeah. and the monitor. Right. And so I remember I was just so like, I wouldn't even want to say. I just wanted to lay down and scroll through Tumblr. Mm-hmm. And so I put everything on the floor right by the desk and I would just lay there. And like my keyboard was on the floor, my mouse was on the floor. And I would just literally lay with like, you know, tummy down. And I would just put my head, my head on my hand and just scroll and like not do anything that's whenever i quit all sports i used to play all sports i was in basketball i was in soccer like you know how they're in seasons Mm -hmm. year round i was in sports i was in different clubs i was the i forgot the title of it but i was in charge of the yearbook club like i was in a lot of shit Mm -hmm. i was super social i used to go out i just loved the world and then boom it was like i quit everything i didn't come out of my room so i guess with good reason my mom was like red flag red flag yeah and that's when she put me in therapy i guess to try to overcome that because she didn't know what the hell was going on because she's not you know specialized in that obviously and then Mm -hmm. i'm her daughter so obviously i always feel like mother-daughter relationships when the daughter is a teenager are so complicated yeah (laughs) so that added with like the hormones with the depression all this and that so she put me in therapy i didn't want to go to it i was like this is lame but i remember our very first session i mean my therapist pulled me in she knew what to do um so i went into her why it wasn't even an office so the way we found her was through a program that our church used to have. I don't know if they still have it, where a therapist would come once a week to the actual church 
And just for being a member of the church, they would charge you like a fifth of the price because it was meant to be for those who can't afford therapy because unfortunately therapy is extremely expensive. Yeah, it definitely is. Right. And Prices are ridiculous. Yeah, and it, it's not fair. Like just because you're poor doesn't mean you can't get help, you know? Right. And so we went through that. You know, my mom did her research. She's always been very involved in the church. So she would take me when the therapist would come to our church. We would go and we were in one of the little offices of the church building. And as soon as I went in, uh, she had requested that I brought a little Wayne CD because that was my obsession. Like, I would say till this day, but back then it was like, I don't know if you remember, I had a like severe (laughs) obsession with Lil Wayne. Uh, To this day, I love him. That hasn't changed, but it's just not as (laughs) severe. And so I think that was also a concern for my mom because she always thought I was going to do what the songs were saying. Mm -hmm. So he would always talk about drugs. He would always talk about this and that. And my mom was always worried I was going to go into that life Uh because I was just so obsessed with Wayne. And I think I don't think it was just that I would outright tell her, like, I'm going to do this drug and I'm going to do that drug because Wayne like raps about it. No pause. It was so funny. And so my therapist had requested to my mom, I think, that, you know, I take a CD, my favorite CD. And I remember at the time it was the Carter 3. It had just came out. And yes, back then we bought CDs. Mm -hmm. So I had a CD. I actually still buy his CDs. But anyway, (laughs) I had taken the Carter 3 in CD form. And she had a little like CD player. And she asked me to put it in and play my favorite song. Can't remember what song I played, but I played it and she let the song play. Then, you know, stop the CD. She only played one song. And then she said, describe to me what these lyrics mean to you. And you can imagine me like it was my obsession. I was like, hell yeah. I was over here like discussing Wayne lyrics and why I love them and why, why, what they mean to me and why they mean what they mean. And that just like pulled me in so instead of being like i fucking hate this i was just like hell yeah take me (laughs) back let's discuss wayne yeah but i remember just telling her that the reason why i was so obsessed with him at the time was because he has always had this i don't give a fuck attitude and that's when i really really like got into that a lot of people that know me know that's so heavy in me like i don't give a fuck I will tell almost anything to anybody. I don't care who you are, like, but not in a disrespectful way. Like, I'm respectful, but I also don't give a fuck. Right. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And so at the time, I guess because of the depression and just, you know, when you're a teenager, you worry about what everyone thinks of you. Social media was becoming like a huge thing. So you're comparing yourself to everybody. It was just a whole bunch going on. And so I felt very drawn to that. I don't give a fuck attitude because it was like, quit worrying about what people are thinking, saying just like, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was so obsessed with him. And that's what I talked to my therapist about. But I was not worried about my depression at all because I didn't see myself as depressed. I just saw it as I'm just tired of life. I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see it as, you know, I want to heal or none of that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going with the intention of healing. I was just basically doing it because my mom's forcing me. Gotcha. And I was a whiny, depressed, angry teenager. Right. You know, hormone raging. As expected. Yes. And then I felt more so frustrated because of the school i was at i felt like i felt so misunderstood i've talked about this how i felt out of place because a lot of them were 
you know, Caucasian. <laughs> they were white. They were um, not necessarily like super wealthy, but like overall, like they were pretty well off. Right. They were pretty like rich people, I would say. I, let's call them rich. I was not. That also added to my whole like depressive mode i guess i just felt so misunderstood and that's also what helped with like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck even though like literally no one cares mm -hmm. everyone's so worried about their own life like no one cares but yeah. you know that like embedded in me where i was just like i don't give a fuck and because i was in that school i feel like i couldn't really express myself mm -hmm. because it was so strict Gotcha. You know, like there were so many things I couldn't do. Like we couldn't wear makeup. We couldn't dye our hair. And if you know anything about me, like dyeing my hair is one of the best ways I can express myself. And I love it. And once I was able to actually do it, I went a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you do make it look good, though. Thank you. So. Yeah, that was one. That's one of my outlets. Like, I absolutely love dyeing my hair all types of colors, all, ty all types of crazy. And I wanted to start that as soon as I was in middle school because I knew that's just what I wanted to do. And I know it sounds so minimal and it's just like, uh -huh, like such a what do they call it? Um, you know how there's third world countries? What do they call us? First world? Because it's a thing um, they call it like, oh, first world problems. Like we're crying wah, wah, over like, oh, wah, okay. wah, I couldn't dye my hair when there's people like dying type. Yeah. Thing. Um, I know it sounds so like like such a small issue and it is overall like it's so minimal i shouldn't even have have worried about it so much well but it's small to everybody else but it's a big thing for you at the time yeah i was just like i can't dye my hair i can't have bangs i have to wear crew socks like we couldn't show our ankles really yeah like oh. you had to wear crew socks and you could not fold them down because we used to have crew socks so we wouldn't get in trouble but we would just fold them down so because they were so ugly and we would get in trouble like you would get written up and if you had after a certain amount of write-ups like you could get suspension and then like expelled like it was a it, the way the principal was running that school at the time was so strict and i hated it just for like some little background you were going to a catholic private school yes yeah i was in a catholic private school and i feel like every school is ran according to the principal like some principals are a little more lenient than others and the particular one i had at the time was just i think the strictest that school has ever seen when i tell you i could not wear more than two rings one time i had three rings two on one hand one on the other and i remember i was sitting in science class and we were all working and i think we were talking because it was one of those times where like you can talk just very low amongst yourself while you're working and everyone was scared of that principal like as soon as she would walk in the room dead silence and i remember we were all kind of talking and then out of nowhere everything went silent and i was looking down writing on my paper and i kind of looked up because i was like what the hell is going on and everyone was staring at me and i was like did i fart and not hear it like what the <laughs> hell and i remember someone like you know when someone's trying to tell you something with their eyes? So they kept looking like behind me and back at me, behind me, back at me. So I was like, what the hell is behind me? I look back and sure enough, the principal was right there and she just has her hand like extended out to me. And she, you know, when like they wiggle their fingers towards themselves to like give me it. Mm -hmm. She's like, she did that. And she goes, give me your rings. I was just like, what? She said, you have three rings and you can only have two. Give them to me now. 
So I was like, okay. And I took them off and she was about to walk off. And I was like, may I have them back before the school, you know, before school's over? She goes, no, your mom has to pick it up from the office. And I was so scared because my mom's very strict. Also, she's the type that I better hear no complaints about you. You better do good in school. Like, you know, very strict. And I remember just being terrified because I was like, my mom's going to kill me Damn. over fucking three rings, bro. Bro. But that's how bad it was. So that didn't help either. I feel like in a sense... I mean, now looking back at it, that might have been the best thing for me because if I was in an environment that let me do whatever the fuck I wanted, I, I do feel like I would have gone the very wrong route, mm. you know? And if yeah. had I been around different type of influences, I feel like I would have gone that similar route. I would have gone a very, I think, negative path. Gotcha. And so in a way, I guess it's good and everything works out. But mm. at the time, I was miserable because of it. <laughs> I mean, understandable, because whenever you're so tied down to something and you don't have the freedom to express yourself, I feel like it could be very, it diminishes your spirit in some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And diminishing your spirit in that way that you can express yourself ultimately forces you to hide certain aspects of yourself yeah and that's also not healthy either right and that's how i felt not only like with the principal stuff but i would there was a few girls that would always be like oh my gosh you're so ghetto and that also it never really bugged me but it annoyed me you mm -hmm. know and i feel like i also had to bring it down a notch but i never understood why they would think that mm -hmm. and, but i always figured it was because okay un, gringas or hispanics que creen que son gringas and then they would just be like oh my god you're so ghetto because you're mexican Porque you know what son i mean yeah. yeah but anyway all of that i feel like crushed my spirit at the time mm -hmm. because there was just like no way of expressing yourself gotcha. and you know during those times is when you're really getting to know yourself so mm -hmm. it's just do i like this do i like that let me try this let me try that but i feel like i couldn't do that anywhere because not only was my school strict my mom was also super strict mm -hmm. you know she didn't let me do a lot of things at the time you know right. for what it was and for what felt important mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of things that i feel like i couldn't do sorry i feel like i went on a rant because your question was just did i go in there to heal <laughs> <laughs> no no you're <laughs> fine because i was actually gonna trail off to what everything that you've been saying because in a way we had similar experiences but of course we had like our differences because obviously we don't lead the exact same life because like for me i want to say that i was going through I guess like a depressive episode during like my middle school and high school years and I didn't acknowledge it as depression I just that to me that's just the way I felt and that's how life was for me right and I ended up using art as a form to express myself so I was actually like recently looking at my old sketchbooks that I have from like years ago from like and i think i sent you some of them too back from like 2011 2012 and everything like that and i'm like seeing my progress to see how my art has changed is pretty freaking cool it's dope mm -hmm. and oh by the way i have an art page if y'all want to follow it but shout I'll post out that. what is it on instagram it is eh dot -E -E underscore rt and then I have it on TikTok too. That one is just eh dot l e e underscore Ellie, something that, like that's that. That's hella complicated. Yeah, we'll, I'll just we'll share post it, later. it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
So to me, though, similarly for you, how you used hair dye to express yourself, I used my art. Basically, everything that I was feeling, I was expressing it in what I would draw. I actually talked about this in therapy today with my th- uh, with Nereida. So she had asked me what kinds of things I drew. And I remember there's one particular art project that I did for myself at home where I was trying to make it look like one part of my wall was like cracked and part of the wall had fallen off and in that crack you can see kind of like a scenery of the sky and through that scenery of the sky birds were coming in into my room so at that time and I still do I have a an obsession with like birds and so does my mom it's almost like you're her daughter I know <laughs> we keep saying <laughs> So to me, in that time, I always felt like I was stuck. And in some way, I kind of was mentally because similarly like you, I was just in my room 24-7. I would not come out. I would literally just be drawing the entire time. And sometimes I would use our laptop or computer that we had, but I didn't use it very often because we had one computer and we shared it between me and my three other sisters. Right. So I didn't have it very much. And so I would occupy my time by drawing. And till this day, I still have all of my sketchbooks. I think I have like four or five of them that I've kept. And then I actually tried going to therapy my senior year of high school. So I... My mom had asked me if I wanted to go to therapy. I wasn't forced to, but I accepted her offer when she asked me. And she only saw that I was having a problem because I had been holding myself up in my room for like years already since like middle school and everything. Me being in my room 24-7 didn't really cause any alarms for her. What caused alarms for her was whenever I began to develop a panic disorder in high school. For those of you who don't know, a panic disorder is whenever you begin to have panic attacks and so it literally feels like you're suffocating like someone has a plastic bag over your head and you literally cannot breathe and like you basically can't breathe and your heart's beating so fast and depending on how intense it can be you either feel like you're dizzy you feel like you have ants crawling all over you or in some cases you can't pass out and with that, you know, whenever it begins to develop into a disorder is whenever you have reoccurring panic attacks that you cannot control it or manage it. And it's literally getting in the way of your day to day life. So there was a point where I was having maybe two or three panic attacks a day. It was just so much. And that's why you were still in high school? Yeah, that was whenever I was still in high school. Senior year, you had said? Yeah, senior year. And I began going to therapy. I went for like a month. I only went to go see the therapist, I think maybe two or three times. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go back to her because, I don't know, like it just didn't click. I remember that as soon as I got there into her office, she started forcing me to pry open rather than encouraging me to open up. So Mm -hmm. she would just go straight into the deep questions that I wasn't ready to answer yet rather than letting me get comfortable with her first. Because I think that's one thing that's super important when finding a therapist. You need to find someone that you feel like you can trust. Obviously, they're not going to go out and spill everything about your life because obviously you're protected under confidentiality, right? But even with that 
confidentiality you do have to establish trust with a person even though they're your therapist and they won't say nothing they're still a person and that's someone that you're going to be connecting with and establishing trust is an important thing Mm -hmm. and i didn't exactly do that with her so after about a month i stopped going because and i feel like in a sense it kind of made my panic attacks worse So was that the very first time you had ever gone to therapy? Yeah, that was the very first time. I was six. No, I was 17 whenever I started going to her. So I went with her for about a month and then I stopped going. After high school, things got better because in a sense, I felt like I had a little bit more freedom, you could say. Because after high school and I got my job and everything, I had a little bit more freedom to do things that I really, really wanted to do. Whenever I went to college and everything and I started working, I started doing things that I was actually interested in doing. I started going to a gym, which is something that I had been wanting to do. And I just kind of put myself out there a little bit more than I was comfortable with or used to. And that helped me open up. And I think that was kind of important for me because I feel like I was very restricted in what I could and could not do whenever I was in high school. Granted, I know that our life was kind of difficult and my mom did raise like four girls, you know, by herself. I mean, my dad was still in the picture, but he wasn't there 24-7 like my mom was because obviously we lived with her and Mm -hmm. we would only see my dad every other weekend. Right. No, like even if the dad is in the picture let's be real for the most part it's the moms pull the heaviest work Mm -hmm. i just say that out of experience (laughs) no no but you're right though Mm -hmm. because even though we would go visit my dad my mom had us for the majority of the time so she's the one that had to deal with uh, make sure that we grow we're going to school getting back home make sure that we're eating we're fed we're clothed we have a home everything right so My mom was more stressed on that end that she didn't exactly, it didn't give me the opportunity to go and explore while I was in high school. So I was in a, well, for some time, me and Dulce, we were in a charter school. And in this school, there was no sports at all whatsoever. Whack. Yeah. And if you wanted to join a sport, you would have to go to a different school and play sports for them. You would play for your home home campus right right yeah so in my case i would have to go to spring woods in order to oh no never mind because i was living in cyprus i would have to play for a school that wasn't even in the district that we were going to school in because uh, since my mom worked for the school district i would go to school in the district that she worked in So going to another school after school wasn't exactly an option for me because she was still working. She wouldn't be getting off until like 6, 6.30. And I didn't have a car. I didn't drive either. And all of my sisters, yeah, they had their car and everything, but they also had their own jobs and school for themselves too. So they couldn't prioritize my needs over them. So, I mean, understandable, they need to do their own life too. I couldn't do any sports after school and there wasn't very many clubs that i was interested i tried going to like an art club after school but it was kind of it didn't exactly work out because at the same time after school we would be getting out at like four right 4 30 mm-hmm. and my mom wouldn't get off until like six so that means i would have to wait at school until 6 p.m to get picked up there was no after school buses there was after school buses so sometimes i could take the bus back to where she was working and then on top of that i wasn't a very social person so and 
on top of that, I also ha have had or still have social anxiety. <laughs> so participating in club, especially if I didn't know anybody there, was just like a no for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And take the fun out of it. Yeah, I get more stressed to the point where I can't even enjoy it, you know? But uh, my mom didn't exactly like for me to stay after school. She would just want me to go straight back to her after school. So what my day would look like, I would go to school, come back to her job, and I'd literally just sleep in her office until she would get off work. And then I also tried wanting to work after school. Mm -hmm. And that also didn't work for her, with uh, for my mom either, because of course, she has to wake up super early. Like we, we used to be leaving the house at 5.30 in the morning, you know, just so I can, so she can go to work and I can go to school. So going to work, of course, I didn't have a right to go to work. And on top of that, that would mean that she would have to pick me up from work. And that would mean that I'd be getting out super late because obviously I'd be working after school. Mm -hmm. So usually most late night shifts are usually from like 4 p.m. to like 8 p.m. or like 11, depending on what kind of position that you had, mm -hmm. you know. And that wouldn't work out for my mom because obviously she needs to get her sleep. And so do I for school. And we were waking up at 4.30 so we can leave at 5.30 a.m. So I felt like I was very restricted on what I could and could not do. And so leaving high school was a huge breakthrough for me, basically. It allowed me to explore and do things that I really wanted to do. As whenever I got my first legal job <laughs> and I started exploring a little bit more mm -hmm. and which I think helped me but along that way I just kind of stopped healing or wanting to heal or just stopped wanting to do better because I was already at a good place at that time and so then I just didn't keep progressing from there I just kind of stalled I just stayed there and so. I feel like that's what a lot of people that's what I have heard a lot of people do they say well I feel better now than I did a few months ago I'm better and it's just like don't get me wrong that's great and I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of that any progress it's good progress. Right. But just because you're feeling better today than you were yesterday doesn't mean you're all healed. Right. You still have to work through everything that caused you to feel bad that day prior. You know, just because mm -hmm. you're having a good day doesn't mean it's all rainbows and sunshines now and you're all fixed. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I wished it was that easy. Right. I think with the question, though, when people ask you, like, are you healed? I think there is no way a person to be 100% healed because even though you're going through the healing process, you're still healing from what happened, let's say, a year ago, a month ago, maybe yesterday, but your life is going to continue to go on. So you're going to have <laughs> much more to heal through because you're going to have a lot more experiences. You thought you were done? Homegirl, you're just starting. I know. <laughs> Bring on the trauma. <laughs> That's so, funny. I mean, even whenever you're 50 years old or 70, yeah, 80, so 90, you're still going to be healing because your life is still going to be going on. And yes, you would have learned through your past experiences, but life gives you new experiences that you didn't experience whenever you were a teenager, whenever you were 25, whenever you're 30, 40, whatever. Right. Life gives you more experiences and with experiences, it's inevitable that you go through trauma, regardless of whether you're prepared for that or not. You know, so with trauma, there comes healing. So he, there's no, to me, uh, this is my perspective. For me, there is no such thing as being healed. There's only such thing as healing. I love it. Yeah. Okay, miss. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, philosopher? 
I don't know. Okay, Miss Philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe because, you know, people think, oh, well, the older I get, the more I work on it, the more, you know, I'll heal. But then, like you just said, things start coming up. As you get older, you start losing people around you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, life is life. People get older. People die. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have to work through that. I mean, that's one particular one that I can just think of. Off the top of your head. Right. Because it's so... I feel like it can be so damaging. You know, mm-hmm. like losing someone you love. Like, let's say your partner. God forbid, a kid. You know, one of your children. Or something like that, you know. And just because you are, you are of a certain age does not shield you from trauma right yeah so yes even whenever you get older and you've already been healing for a long time so it may be easier for you to heal through your trauma but doesn't mean that you're not going to experience trauma ever again right i do want to say that whenever i started going to Nereida, that was probably the first step that i took consciously to start my healing process therapy one day that was the first step and it led to various other steps so after i started seeing nereida i had already mentioned to her that i didn't like where i was working i didn't feel fulfilled or i just didn't feel purposeful where i was working like i needed to do more and i had told her what i what it is that i wanted to do that i wanted to go into the field of mental health and she actually gave me some recommendations she gave me a list of places to that i could start applying to and honestly i applied to the very first one on the list because that's the one that caught my eye and literally i want to say maybe like 12 hours later because i submitted the application at probably like one or two in the morning that day mm-hmm. And the following day, I had gotten a call from the center that I applied at uh, to do an interview. And I was so excited. And thankfully, I didn't have to apply anywhere else because they gave me the job. So I didn't bother looking at the rest of the list because I was already like really liking the place that I was working at. And honestly, I am very, very grateful for that place that I started working at. I started working at a mental health counseling center. The place that I was working at, I started working as a receptionist there. So I didn't work with clients one-on-one in terms of like I was giving them therapy or anything like that, but I was in the process of helping them get to those steps. So I would be basically the very first person that they see. And frankly, even though I wasn't their therapist, I kind of served as a listening ear to them because it happened quite a few times where people were in desperate need of someone to talk to and so since i was a first person there like se desahogaban conmigo mm-hmm. you know like they would get it off their chest and i'd give them the space to be heard to speak their mind and then i would try to get somebody who was more well equipped and more well prepared to help them in that kind of need so then that's whenever i would bring in the actual the actual therapist that could help them mm-hmm. but I was like the first phase, like the first person that they could talk to. After about, I want to say like nine, ten months after that, I was offered the position for case management. And I so I applied for that position and I accepted it. So I worked more one-on-one with the clients. Now with case management, it's kind of like social work so it's not like therapy so i wouldn't necessarily go deep onto their mental health problems yes we would touch basis on it especially if they were looking for mental health resources i would guide them in that direction i would help them apply for those or help them find it wherever they could so i would help them find resources that they needed desperately so 
for the most part, it was people of uh, low income or no income that would be coming to us. So I would help them get established with financial needs, that kind of thing. So like if they were needing a place to stay, if they were needing food, clothing, or any of those kinds of things, I would help them get to those resources. I absolutely loved both positions, being in, in the, as a receptionist and a case manager. It was very fulfilling to me. But at the same time, props to everybody who does that on a daily basis and chose that as their career because it is, although it is so rewarding, it is also extremely draining. I would bet. Mm -hmm. Anybody who works in the mental health industry, I always wonder, like, how is your mental health? Yeah. Because you're literally... I mean, this is how I picture it because I've never been in that field, but I feel like you just deal with constant negativity mm-hmm. because people are going to you because they have a problem. Right. I don't know if that's what you meant, but that's where my mind always goes to, mm-hmm. like, just dealing with so much negativity. I even mm-hmm. asked our therapist. I asked her too. <laughs> do you have a therapist? Because, girl, dealing with all this shit. No, thank you. <laughs> but thanks for listening. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I got it had gotten to the point where after my appointments with my clients, I would have to take a few moments and kind of do breathing exercises because I was it was like I was pr- putting their burdens on my shoulders. I was accepting their problems as my problems. So I had their stress on top of my stress. So I had like double or triple, depending on all the clients that I was seeing that day. I had double triple quadruple the stress on top of me because even though i was helping them in that moment sometimes it is a little bit difficult to help find help right then and there that sometimes it takes a little bit of a process to get them the help that they need Mm -hmm. like you still need to do your research right it was either i was needing to do research or just like the application process for the resources that they were applying for, their process in general just takes time for them to get approved of or accepted. So if they don't already have something and they need to wait another extended period of time to even get approved, that's already extra stress. I was carrying that stress with them. You know, I was accepting it as my own problems and it that kind of took a toll on me. Thankfully, this place that I was working at is very, very understanding. So I did take a few mental health days for myself every now and then whenever I just couldn't pull myself together at work. I remember this one particular day that I came in into the office, literally came in for, I want to say... 45 minutes to an hour and I think it was right after a meeting I closed my door to my office and I just started crying and then I texted my supervisor and I had to ask him I'm like like I really can't pull myself together today can I like take a mental health day today he and he was very very understanding he was like yes like go home like take care of yourself and like hopefully you feel better tomorrow and I was just like thank you so I ended up going home and I was I treated myself like if I was actually physically sick mm-hmm. so rather than giving myself like medications or going to the doctor I was doing things that to help my mental health to help me I guess ground myself or just stabilize myself and my mental health at Mm -hmm. that time right yeah because I don't understand why it can be seen that way Mm -hmm. because when you're not feeling all there mentally honestly if you stay that long if you stay like that long enough it will translate physically right like if you don't get enough sleep and you're just stressed and I say this because it happened to my mom when she was going through a lot 
back in the day she was so stressed and so you know depressed i guess is the word her body was not absorbing any minerals vitamins anything that you know food provides and so she almost died because she was eating healthy she was eating good but her body was not absorbing anything because she was so stressed and just going through it and that's all mental emotional but it translated to the physical because her body was just like i'm in such a bad state i'm not absorbing anything and mm -hmm. it's almost like if she was starving herself basically like if she was not eating and it, she was but just her body was not i guess maybe the way it was her, her full internal attention was on staying alive because of what she was going through that i just did not worry about absorbing anything you know mm -hmm. yeah But yeah, you you got to take care of yourself. And I it sucks that most jobs don't see that as it. And I'm not saying, you know, take a mental health every week either. I get it. You know, in some jobs, you're not able to do that. But everyone needs that every once in a while, right. especially with certain fields mm -hmm. that are a little bit more mentally draining than others. Those days are needed. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why you have to be throwing up or diarrhea or dying with fever to have a day off. Right. You know, like because if you're waiting until that point you're kind of waiting a little bit too late you exactly know? usually those symptoms of like you're not mentally okay usually appear before the physical symptoms even come mm -hmm. so if you already feel that you're stressed you're already anxious you're tensed up 24 7 or you can't sleep or you're waking up in the middle of the night you know or you don't feel like you have an appetite so you don't eat right. properly or you're overeating because you, you're emotionally eating right or you, you know? can't concentrate like right. simple things like that you need to mm -hmm. your body speaks to you without speaking to you mm -hmm. and if you don't listen to it it will force you to listen and literally take a sick day you don't want to wait to that mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it's not worth it it really isn't i think that's the next step that i ended up taking in my journey which i think helped a lot it got me it gave me the opportunity to surround myself around people that actually made a huge difference in my life i got to know people that I still keep in touch with Ooh, that's such day. an important one yeah even you surround yourself mm -hmm. with because even though i'm not there anymore working at that mental health center i still keep in touch with the people that made the biggest impact in my life there mm -hmm. and i don't mean in the sense of like they just helped me build myself up in terms of like learning there or changing my career there or like moving up the ladder there but they also impacted me in my personal life like even though we were all working together we still kind of obviously being around people that you work with every now and then you touch on personal subjects you know so those kinds of people have helped me elevate myself even in my personal life even though we were working together mm -hmm. and i think those are very important people to keep in your life absolutely you yeah know? and sometimes it's one of those things that you have to check yourself on if you have somebody in your life who constantly brings you down and it doesn't have to be super obvious like oh you suck no it can be things like when you tell them good news oh, okay but and then they bring out something negative mm -hmm. or they minimize your accomplishments mm -hmm. or your goals like it can look any way but if someone constantly puts you down one way or another like you gotta be real with yourself and you gotta get rid of those people because who you surround with yourself with is super important and being around people that have the same goals and not only that but like 
someone can be positive but your goals don't necessarily align yeah that can also be a little discouraging mm-hmm. because they don't have your vision and that's totally okay mm-hmm. not everyone's gonna have your vision but being surrounded by the people who share your vision share the same ideals helps so much it certainly does so much and it not only does it help you it motivates you Mm -hmm. it motivates you to keep going to keep doing what you're doing or to get better Mm -hmm. and keep growing and i think that's one thing that me and ellie have been about to bring that up (laughs) (laughs) you read my mind hey almost like we're connected i know soul sisters But no, really, like me and Ellie, we talk about the this journey and I feel like we embarked on it around the same time. Mm-hmm. And we both took on that hippie life, if you must, yeah. around the same time because we and even yet, like it still looks different. Mm-hmm. We're not saying we're the exact same, but I feel like our end goal aligns so much alike you know right yeah and i think that's what helps and we have so many goals not just with internal health you know our mental health i mean but outside goals you know like financial goals living goals family Mm -hmm. goals i feel like they aligned for us so much and so i can only speak for myself but it motivates me when i hear ellie talk about her goals you know, because it's like, yes, bitch, get it. And Dude, it's just I was like, gonna say the same for you. <laughs> whenever I hear you talk about, oh, okay. So one of my things, whenever you had started going viral on TikTok because of your skits <laughs> for yeah. Chipotle, oh, I think uh, one of your latest ones when you started going like viral on TikTok, I kid you not, that day that I found out, I was going to everybody that I knew at work. I'm like, look, this is my cousin. <laughs> she went viral on TikTok. You know, like. Okay, you know, like, uh, that one scene from, like, Cars where it's, like, the twins and they're yeah. holding the flyers. They're, like, lightning. I feel like that was me. I'm, like, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> we love a supportive friend. <laughs> yeah, that was that was such a blessing in disguise because I also hated Chipotle. I wanted to leave for so long, but I just never had the guts to quit, I guess. And then, yeah, I went viral and they were, like, take it down or deuces. And I was, like, I guess it's deuces because mm-hmm. I ain't taking shit down. <laughs> You know, because it was like it's work that I put in my in my to myself into my brand, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. And for me to just take it off and just to keep working in a job I hate, it made it no it made no sense. Like in a way, it was kind of like to do that, to take it down and keep working there was kind of like in a sense, a denial of yourself, you know, because mm-hmm. that's something that you really enjoyed and you were really good at. Thank you. you yeah, know? I enjoy And if any of you haven't seen any, you know, any of those skits, it was literally just skits about my experiences with customers at Chipotle because Chipotle customers be having the motherfucking audacity mm-hmm. and they be saying some of the stupidest shit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so and that was one of the things that I had to catch myself because after work almost every day i would call my mom and just complain mm-hmm. call my mom and just complain and i was just like okay i need to chill out because bro i feel you on that because literally whenever i used to get off of work i would call my dad every single day after work to on the drive back home and i would just complain to him the whole time like he'd be like ¿Cómo está tu día? and i was just like eh he was good and then he was like and then he was like oh que pasó hoy? <laughs> 
And then every now and then I'd be like, oh, it was really good. And he was all like, oh, yes. So? I literally, <laughs> my mom, she'd be like, oh, okay, well, good, but that's surprising. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even though it's our parents and of course they don't mind and they're the best person to go and rant, I still didn't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, bro, do do like sometimes you really got to ask yourself, do I hear myself? Like I am absolutely fucking miserable Mm -hmm. and whether that be a relationship a job where you live like it doesn't matter like you gotta make changes obviously if you can because i understand there's certain things that you you really cannot change change, but maybe that's just in the moment Mm -hmm. you also gotta allow yourself to work it out like if it's a job and you're like well this job pays for the house that i just bought Mm -hmm. okay look at other options Mm -hmm. it may not be super obvious but i'm sure there's something out there you know like change your own life rewrite your own life don't stay in something that just that's going to make you feel miserable exactly because a life of misery isn't worth living yeah and i mean we i feel like this gets preached on a lot but we shouldn't prioritize money the way we do and Mm -hmm. i've had to catch myself a lot on that so many times same you know like we're put on this earth for a very limited amount of time why spend all that time obsessing on making money just to buy materialistic things that don't Mm -hmm. really even matter in the end right granted like those things are nice i mean like they're the cherry on top but they're exactly that they're the cherry on top they're the luxuries like that's not the essence of life right and not to say like you shouldn't aim for like if you want a luxurious life and you let's say enjoy being a lawyer and you want to give yourself that you know luxury at the end by all means like i'm not saying don't do it or I don't look down on that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying for those people who are miserable just to have those luxuries, to me, that makes no sense. Because at the end of the day, yes, you have the items that you want, but you're still miserable. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, it makes no sense. Yeah. You know? And at that point, if you're miserable, it's like you can't even enjoy those luxuries. Right. It doesn't make sense to have luxuries that you can't enjoy. And with that, like I would say obviously just even it out with like life experiences Mm because who doesn't love a good trip (laughs) and don't prioritize work over like your relationships you know in that sense like yes you have to work everyone does like we still have to make a living i'm not saying money is not important money is very important but like we also have to be conscious of still living a good life being a good person enjoying your time with your partners with your friends with your family with your whoever your four-legged furry friends like just whoever it may be you gotta enjoy those moments and that's you know part of why i wanted to do this journey because Mm -hmm. i wanted to experience small things in life and just like it and enjoy it and be grateful for it and Mm -hmm. be thankful for it one of the movies that really made me realize this i fucking love pixar and disney bro some of the movies they come out with it just blows my fucking mind they're on point like inside out is one of them that's the one i was thinking about yes (laughs) and i love them not so yes because of the message but because i'm such a visual person and they really put certain things into an image Mm -hmm. and that's what i love because i love imagining it Mm -hmm. and i love that scene where her i don't you've seen it right right her core memories you know when she's like going through that i guess like depression Uh uh-huh you know how they start like turn off and they break yeah that was like i started crying dude i kid you not i was crying and crying in the movie theater i remember i watched it with my mom and i was just like wiping my face because i could not stop crying but like heavy tears Mm -hmm. because it brought me back to those middle school times whenever i was going through that depression and that's literally how it felt it felt like i had core 
I forgot what they're called. Memories? They're not memories. Remember that? Like the bridge? The little balls that they had on the thing? No, not that. Like whenever she could look out the window and it would be the bridges. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I forget what they're called, but you know, the bridges and she had like five core ones. They're yeah. not memories, but like, you know, yeah, 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 one yeah. was like family, one was mm-hmm. friend. And whenever she was going through that like phase, you know how they were like on and they were like mm-hmm. music was going on and lights and it was moving. Mm-hmm. And then whenever she was feeling something, it would like turn off. Yeah. And the bridge would start to break. Yeah. And whenever that was going on in the movie, I just remember crying because I was like, that's literally how my depression felt. Like I had like my sports one. It was alive and I loved it and I played it and it made me happy. And then out of nowhere, it just died and broke off. Mm -hmm. And like that's sad because it made me really happy and it was something so deep in me. And then out of nowhere, it just kind of died and fell off. But anyway, so like it touched you on some aspect, like it really it captured a part of your life for you. Girl, it captured like my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, Inside Out was such a great movie. But uh, the one I was trying to bring up was Soul. I think that's the one you haven't watched. And I told you to watch it. Which one is that one? It's the one where he dies and his spirit is kind of like lingering. And he's a musician. Yeah, I have seen it. Okay, I don't think you truly appreciated it for what it is. You need to rewatch it. I watched it. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember very much of it. That's what I'm saying. You didn't appreciate it. But if any of you have watched Soul and it didn't touch your soul, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean Soul didn't touch your soul? (laughs) No, wait. Is it Soul like S-O-L or Soul S-O-U-L? I saw you well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like soul, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's so good. And it helped. Like when I was watching that movie, literally the whole time I was like reflecting. I love those movies because they make me reflect. Mm-hmm. And I was reflecting on that one. And I was like, no, like really, what is truly beautiful in life? What do I really need to take a pause and like look at and be thankful for? And so whenever I saw that, as corny as it sounds and even if you don't believe me i promise it's true like there's times where i'm just driving and i just stare into the sky which is not the safest thing because then i can kind of take away from the road but anyway so i like stare into the sky especially like on sunsets Mm -hmm. i fucking love sunsets and i'll just look at it and i'll literally just i'm like thank you god for allowing me to see this beauty like Mm -hmm. because we've said before we're religious and i we don't push that down but i'm just you know just to background on that i'm like god like you're an artist you created this and it's so beautiful and i'm just like i don't know what the word i'm just amazed at being in the presence of such beauty Mm -hmm. you know when it's sunsets when i'm at a beach with palm trees that is my happy that in a sunset bruh (laughs) okay because i do the exact same thing that you were just saying but have you ever had like those moments this happened to me a few times already where i'm just like so amazed with the scenery that i have to the point where it's made me so happy to the point that i've cried it's happened to me a few times yeah i'm not gonna yeah like i just feel so grateful to be able to see that in my life you know because i feel like that's something that you just see off of movies so it's just like to me in my head it used to be just like it was just a fantasy you know that's something that you know that happens only in movies but and then it's edited (laughs) yeah and then up until i had those moments for myself and my life and i can tell you those moments i've never captured in picture but those are the ones that are still in my mind regardless those are the ones that i have vividly in my mind Mm -hmm. and those are the moments that i remember the most to the point where like i can remember how i felt i can remember feeling so joyous and grateful 
of being able to be in that moment and just appreciative of it you know no, just taking yeah. it all in mm-hmm. you know i have absolutely felt that and it's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah you're just in awe and i think that also ties into little things that we should just be grateful that we take for granted because we do it see it every day we don't see it as a gift but things like color mm-hmm. how many people are colorblind and don't truly get to see that beauty right. People that are so sick, they can't leave their house. Mm-hmm. Things like that, that I feel like a lot of people take for granted because not everyone experiences those things, you know? And mm-hmm. we just see it as like, oh, you know, we're just walking, like whatever. But how yeah. many people can't walk? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, we're just breathing. You do it so automatically. How many people can't do that on their own? Yeah, like they need oxygen masks or tanks or whatever right. to be able to do all that. Right. And I'm sure those people, you know, there's a lot of people out there like that that are still, even yet so, they're grateful. They're mm. such great people inside out. Not saying that doesn't make you any less, you know, of a good person, but I'm just. <laughs> inside out. Sorry, I just wanted to point that out. Hey, that rhymed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, Ellie dropping the bars. <laughs> But yeah, just taking a moment to be grateful for certain things really grounds you sometimes. Just to be one with Earth. Mm-hmm. Not now we're really sounding like hippies. I know. But the <laughs> fact that we're like really killing Earth, like where I live right now, there is a street right in front of me that's nothing but trees. It almost mm-hmm. feels like a tiny forest. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen it. They yeah. are knocking it all down. Really? Mm-hmm. And right there, it has a sign that they're building um, una lavanderia in mm-hmm. a gas station. Oh. And don't get me wrong. I understand, like, things need to be done. But that is the third one that they knocked down. Because in this area, there was, like, three huge, I mean, huge lots just full of trees. Like mm-hmm. I said, it felt like a forest. Yeah. The first one was knocked down, and they built an elementary school. And then years later, they knocked another one down, built a bunch of houses. And now they're finally built, uh, knocking down the last... Well, no. Well, I don't know if they're knocking down the whole thing because it's huge. And I only see them knocking half of it down. I okay. hope they keep it at that. Yeah. And they're knocking that half and they're building La La Andrea, La gas station. And it's just like, don't get me wrong. I'm a city girl. I love being in the city. But having those tiny sections of nothing but nature... Is beyond beautiful. Yes. And then to just be around nothing but buildings. Mm-hmm. I love it, but at the same time, I don't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's still nice to be able to drive. And on one side, yes, houses, buildings, apartments. But on the other side, it's like, oh, trees. Yeah. You know? And then that's why I, want, that's why I keep telling you I want to go live out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> See, I, I can't. <laughs> I just can't go that far. I, en- I enjoy driving through it and looking mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> but to live in it? Bro, mm-hmm. that's my dream. Like, I'd have, like, a tiny apartment in the city whenever I, I want my interaction with people. But mm-hmm. that's going to be, like, my... I go to that house probably like once or twice every like two three months but now nah, i want to live out in the middle of nowhere i don't want to see my neighbors i just want to be surrounded by trees grass birds <laughs> my dogs that's it <laughs> she don't even want to know if she has neighbors no i don't want to <laughs> meet my neighbors oh my gosh dude so whenever i started working at this spot well actually no let me take that back because i actually started socializing more whenever i moved in with you so whenever I moved in with you, I believe I was already seeing Nereida. I think so. Right? Mm-hmm. And that you actually got me out of my 
anti-social bubble you could say because <laughs> whenever i moved in with you i was already i think i was 22 21 22 no you you turned 21 while you all were still at the old house because we yeah. had the party remember yeah i think 22 because that's when we had the party and then your birthday was right after that no oh that's right okay so i was still 21 and i was about to turn 22 but uh so around that around that time 21 22 you were actually the first person that ever took me out to a club or a bar. <laughs> I've never been, I was never interested in doing that kind of thing. Nunca me llamaba la atención because to me it was just like, oh, there's a whole bunch of people. It's just like, uh. But whenever I kind of started going to therapy, I started to want to be more open. And you had taken me there and I actually had a lot more a lot of fun. A lot more fun than I thought that I thought I was going to have. So I'm actually very grateful that you did that. So and on top of that, because I was going with you and it, you were already someone that I was very comfortable with, I was more inclined to go because mm -hmm. I wasn't gonna go with a whole bunch of people that I did not know, you know. That definitely helps. Yes. <laughs> So after that, I started becoming a little bit more social. Um, so I feel like I'm that introvert that gets adopted by a whole bunch of extroverts. <laughs> and I'm that extrovert that yeah. has adopted a bunch of introverts. I have so many introverted friends, uh -huh. but I'm so extroverted. It's funny. <laughs> They're like, I've had enough of social interactions. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> So apart from you, whenever I started working at the other spot, the mental health center, I actually became very close friends with um, his name is Justin. So shout out to Justin and hopefully hey, y'all get to meet him on this podcast sometime soon. So for a future episode. But so he's one of the other extroverts that has adopted me along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he actually took me to my very first sports game. Hey. He took me to an Astros game. Mm -hmm. So I never watched baseball. I never learned anything about baseball. All I knew at that time was you hit the ball and you go to like first, third, first second third base okay, whatever keeping numbers yeah <laughs> you're doing great ellie and then <laughs> then the only other thing that i knew was that if you hit the ball far enough where they don't catch it you make a home run and you make a point that's it pretty much <laughs> so that first day that first time that he took me to the astros game he was literally teaching me baseball while we were watching it that's funny and honestly i loved it so much that it was to the point where I, it just feels like it's different. Like watching baseball on TV compared to in person is a lot different because whenever you're there in person, you're feeding off of everybody else's energy. And so whenever everyone gets excited, you also get excited. So whenever there was this one time where they actually hit a home run and Justin didn't have to explain it to me because I caught on real quick and I was just like, eh, I got like, off the seat. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I got up. He was like, oh my gosh, you understood? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm teaching you well. And I'm like, yes, you That's are. funny. So I just put myself more into social situations like that. He actually took me to my very first yoga class, which honestly I really enjoyed. And Justin, we need to go again. So like just doing new things that I've never done before and I never thought of doing myself. I've been able to do it with other people along the way, which has helped me do it. And honestly, I'm very grateful for that. And it's 
given me new experiences and other things that I've been able to learn about myself, Mm -hmm. you know? No, yeah, I agree. You Mm -hmm. definitely need, if that's your goal, because there are people that don't really want to get out their comfort zone, and Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. But if that's your goal and you're scared, that's okay. Find someone who you're comfortable with and Mm -hmm. may want to take you out and explore because having that one person that you feel grounded with really does help. Yeah. especially Because even me as an extrovert, like, I'm not scared of doing new things and I'll do them like nothing. But don't get me wrong, there are things that, helps having that one person with you right i think that's with anybody mm-hmm. but i'm glad i was able to be part of that yes me too. <laughs> and you still are you still get me out of my you get me out of my comfort zone still so. yay because <laughs> i mean props to Lucia because she was the one that brought up the idea about this podcast and honestly i wouldn't have thought of doing it myself or it wouldn't have been my idea to do it mm-hmm and I was inclined to do it with you because I'm already comfortable with you. And I was just like, you know what? If you're doing it with me, I'm not the one doing it by myself. I feel a little safer. And this is honestly like it was a very fun idea at first. And honestly, it's taken off a lot further than I would have imagined. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly having a lot of fun with this. Same. So, yeah, this is a this is a great thing that we get to do and that I look forward to doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's podcast day. Let's yes. go. <laughs> I'm like, it's a talking. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Yes. yes. Yeah. All that is super fun. I'm so happy that we were able to do it. And especially episodes like this that are a little bit more serious. Like I said, that it's topics that make people feel alone. Mm-hmm. And if just hearing us talk about our experience or you're like, oh, my gosh, yes, that was me. Like that makes me so happy yeah you know and even if it helps you just a tiny bit like yes bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) no llores eres chingona bitch (laughs) get yourself up bitch say it again for the people in the back (laughs) no chigas eres chingona (laughs) i don't know if you meant to literally but (laughs) let me say it again but i would want to say this i think this is such an important topic and there are actually a lot of other things i would love to discuss because i actually wrote up a little bit of like a questionnaire that Mm -hmm. of you know things i wanted to touch base on but we are basically at our time limit sort of right we don't really have a time limit we probably could post for like 10 Mm -hmm. hours but of course i don't want to make it too long and or anything like that either Mm -hmm. so i would say let's make this a part two maybe even part three episode because i do have quite a few questions that we have unanswered mm -hmm. and we've gone on a pretty good time (laughs) yeah we have i still have a few things on my list that i haven't even touched bases on either so i'm gonna save that for part two yes (laughs) because even looking at these questions they they are pretty long answers i would say yeah but just to give you a little sneak peek i would love to keep discussing about what has been the hardest part about us going through this process and i think one that i'm super super excited to talk about is what are some of the techniques we have used that have helped us get through it because i think it's safe to say we both have gone through some rough rough patches with Mm -hmm. our health issues and our therapist i will die on this hill (laughs) our therapist is so amazing Mm -hmm. i think she has taught both of us probably about the same thing but also different because we are going through different things but i think we've both learned a lot of really cool techniques through her oh definitely and i think it's techniques that can be used in so many different ways and Mm -hmm. so i would love to talk about it because if it sparks an idea in someone 
in someone's life and can help their mental health i mean that would be freaking awesome and i think it'd be interesting honestly we would definitely appreciate it if uh one of our latest posts that we make on instagram if y'all could go and comment on one of those and let us know if let's say even if you've gone to therapy or haven't gone to therapy what are some techniques that y'all use that have helped y'all along the way that yeah that would be awesome because maybe it's one that we haven't heard of we haven't used because there are so many out there Mm -hmm. and we could try it out or you know yeah we could definitely share it on our next episode absolutely you know let everybody else know your answers of course if you don't want to be named we won't put your names out there just will say the techniques that you mentioned mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you don't feel comfortable commenting on the post because people can see who you are hit us up yeah message us, us. Uh-huh. or if not we can also make a, a story on there that way obviously not everybody sees your response but we are able to see it and then if you feel comfortable with it we can share it with everybody else absolutely and thank you everyone who listens we love you guys yes we we're definitely do <laughs> we're building the puff community guys <laughs> let's go yes but with all that being said thank you so much for listening and don't forget to follow and turn on your notifications so you don't miss an episode you can also find us on all socials at the puff launch podcast And make sure to follow us on Instagram because like we've been saying, you can always join us for Feedback Fridays and Story Sundays. And we'll see you back here next week for the next episode. Bye. Bye.